Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Pack the House. My name is Andrew Osborne, and I'm joined once again by Pastor Jason Tabor. In my chameleon outfit. That's right, he's blending in the wall. wall. <laughs> he always and, matches the walls. And Aaron Davis. Hiya. All right, so we're continuing on with our Gift of Prayer sermon series. Uh, and this week we looked at the Lord's Prayer, uh, and specifically in Luke chapter 11, when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. Um, so as we're okay real quick though can i just say that i no real quick i just love like when the disciples do ask something that like i would have asked right they're like how am i supposed to pray like how am i supposed to work this thing out like that's totally what i would have asked jesus you know like how do you want me to talk to you when you're not here (laughs) yeah this prayer thing seems like a big deal what should i do i know exactly (laughs) like i just i love when they ask questions that it's like oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah jesus you keep walking off and doing this what should we do it <laughs> yeah, I, I agree it is kind of fun when we see the disciples being like regular people yeah, right. yeah and honestly they're they're more like me than i wish they were <laughs> yeah i am some things a lot right oh, that guy's a doofus but sometimes yeah. I'll... Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I hate when I identify with the disciples. <laughs> Not the cool parts. <laughs> I want to be more like Jesus. <laughs> well, that's their goal too, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> all right. So, but when we're talking to our friends and neighbors and they hear us repeating all these, these prayers, like the Lord's prayer, uh, a lot of times to them, it can seem uh, like maybe we're in a cult or something. <laughs> uh, like when we, when we say the Lord's prayer or even the creeds, and I even have family members who, um, aren't from more liturgical churches like I am, uh, and they they visit our church and they're like, "What is happening?" Yeah, uh, not even necessarily that it's cult like, but that it's 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 repetitive, it's yeah. mindless, right. sort of um, don't tell me what to think. You know, you aren't you aren't thinking for yourself, right? You're just repeating words that are printed for you. So, yeah. how would you respond to that? Is that is that true? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends on the person. I mean, and for me, it honestly depends on the Sunday. Like Fair enough. some Sundays I am exhausted. I have three kids. I'm exhausted. Right. I just go to church and I seriously say all the things and, you know, and then go home and take a nap. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, that's, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's totally fine. God will be present for you there. Even if that's what happens. Right. You still are having or not present there. God is. <laughs> Yeah, even if you were not present. I'll talk to him <laughs> after my nap. <laughs> so, I'm, and, and actually, that might be a cool thing to share with somebody to just to do oh, yeah. that way and say, yeah, sometimes it is. <laughs> and sometimes, right, my mind wanders through what in those pieces. And yeah. that's, um, but that's not necessarily the answer to the question they're asking, right? So, uh, right. I think part of the answer is the, the fact that I can repeat them without even thinking about it is kind of the goal and it's for a good reason yeah yeah when i was in college um lauren and i went to a a real small church and it's not important that it's small it just was (laughs) (laughs) there was you know this was back in my i'm still pretty feisty but this was back in my even feisty days um there was a lady there um who uh this was the kind of church where kind of everybody had their seat Mm -hmm. and my seat happened to be 
uh, a few rows back and to the other side of her. So I could see what she was doing through the service and the type of congregation that used one of two services each week. So not only like here at Cornerstone, we have certain aspects of our service that are repetitive, right. uh, the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, whatever it might be. This was the kind of situation where the whole thing was pretty much the same as last week. Mm -hmm. um, and I would, I would watch her doing the service. She never opened the book. She, she had kind of the faraway look in her eyes and literally she would knit um, while this was happening. I love it. Well, for a long time, it bothered me. Um, I got so, so annoyed. She's not taking it seriously. She's not paying attention. <laughs> what I came to realize though, um, kind of as, as God softened my heart toward her, um, but also I got a little bit older. <laughs> what I came to realize is the fact that she can um, literally carry on a different activity while she's doing those words mm -hmm. is actually, actually means that they're so ingrained in her um, that she can, she can focus on something else while doing that, right. um, which is really cool if you think about it, right? Because the words of our liturgy, the words of our worship are not, very often, they're directly from scripture. They certainly are words that remind us of God's love for us, his promises for us, the, the things he gives us. Um, and so it's pretty cool to have them deeply ingrained in your, in your mind that way. Yeah. And I'm I love the fact that they're not even just in your brain. They're written on your heart. Like mm -hmm. you can't say these words like, and not feel like not be nothing. You know what I mean? And has no impact. Yeah. Even if it's not a conscious impact. We exactly. Kind of like stuff is happening, whether you like acknowledge it or not, you know, and even that lady knitting, like all of those words were going right into her knitting as she was saying yep. all of those words. So whoever she's giving that to, or even if it's at her house, now she's wrapped in the words. It's amazing. Yeah. Could also be that the, the knitting lady is like my son and needs something to fidget on while they, they are paying attention. That was part of it. I, I think at one point she was trying to quit smoking, so she needed her hands to be moving. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. For right. sure. But yeah, that's a good point. Um, similar type of experience that maybe you've experienced or some listening have experienced, um, certainly in, in, in pastoral care situations and especially end-of-life situations. Uh, I have been with people who um, don't, they're not going to be following a, a conversation or a prayer, but mm -hmm. then we say Psalm 23, or we'll say the Lord's prayer and they pick right back into it, uh, mm -hmm. because it's so deep in there. Um, and, and, and so nothing else that I've said or has really connected or landed, uh, until we get to that moment and there in that moment, they're able to grab back. Uh, that thing that's been in there for all those years and get the, the promise and the love and the hope of Jesus through that. So um, again, I think there's value in it. Yeah, I've heard stories from from other pastors who they, they go to visit someone who's uh, like their, their mind is just gone. But as the pastor starts saying the Lord's Prayer or the Creed, the person starts repeating it also because it's just there and they, they don't really need to use much of their mind to access it because it's so ingrained. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think also another uh, benefit that I see from repeating these things like the Lord's Prayer or the Creed uh, is that it's really helpful for teaching, especially to like kids or to really to anyone. But for me as a parent, I, I find them super helpful with my kids uh, in that we repeat them over and over again. So my kids are learning these words, even if they don't necessarily understand what they all mean yet. Mm -hmm. uh, someday they probably will, and they'll be so ingrained in their minds that they they don't have to relearn everything. They, they just 
more understand what those words mean as they get older. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, we talked a little bit earlier about, that's part of the, the purpose of the catechism uh, is to give meaning to those words that we say over and over again. It's a, it's a word that literally means teaching. It's yeah. Right. And when Martin Luther wrote the, the catechism that we use, uh, that was kind of his intention was that families would have it out at their dinner table and they could talk through these, these things that are in their life. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back to that in a minute. <laughs> but one other, go ahead, Aaron. I see your mouth. I was, I was just going to say, I think that the reason it's off-putting for some people, right? For some non-church people, I think the reason that like the repetition of what we're saying is off-putting is because they do attribute it to things that they see that are not necessarily like flattering when everybody's repeating the same things. Like, I don't know, Hitler and like all of his people, like saying the same things over and over again. Like that is, that is not a good person saying the same things over and over again. Yeah. Right. And so when they have those images in their mind and then they go to church or they, you know, hear this group of people saying those same things over and over again, it seems a little, you know, uncomfortable to them. And this right. is actually a really good, uh, a really good example of why we talk so much about relationships and conversations and very little about church invitation. Yeah. Uh, because especially for people who are farther off or maybe who had bad experiences. Yeah. There can be some, some things that everything that we've talked about, about the value of these and appreciating them. It takes some, it, it takes a while to get to that point. Right. Uh, it takes some other, some other understanding, some other knowledge, some other, um, uh, heart positions. My, I have to be in a certain place before I can really appreciate any of this other stuff. So yeah, um, it does at first maybe feel off-putting or confusing or weird. And that's why we can do so much good in our relationships, in our conversations. We can share Jesus outside of the church service long mm -hmm. before that person is maybe ready to, um, to come to be a part of that. And that's really just one side of it, because as I was thinking about it, there are other people that would see it as attractive that all of these people are agreeing on the same thing. You know what I mean? So it really just depends on the person that you're talking to, especially, especially in our, our current context. Yeah. So our world is so like everybody's disagreeing with everybody all the time. So to go to a church and see all these people agreeing on the same things because they're saying it. Yeah. Like they're, they're not just agreeing and saying, yeah, we agree with that guy. They're actually saying the same words as him. So they clearly agree with him. Then that, that could be attractive to somebody else, you know, but I know in my context with my husband, he thinks it seems a little off-putting. <laughs> One of the things too, that, that we, we see in research among younger people, uh, those who are younger people, either who are coming to the church for the first time or coming back to the church. Um, one of the things that they prefer uh, often, well, not often, but a sizable number uh, actually prefer more traditional, more um, read the words that are in front of me type of worship. Um, and the reason that that sort of makes sense to me is, again, they've grown up in a culture that, that is shifting and transitory, um, many of them in, in um, different kinds of family situations or, or uh, quote unquote, broken homes. And so there's an attractiveness to something that is lasting and durable and has been around a while. Uh, something that's sort of, I heard, I, I would talk to people, especially in my former congregation who would come in and they were looking, they were attracted to something that was sort of bigger than them. Uh, 
And so, and I literally had a conversation with a guy one time because um, I'm, a, I'm a big um, word use person, the language that we use. Right. And I was sort of lamenting to him um, this idea that it, he came in new and, and there's so many words that are, that are unintelligible, that are hard to understand. And he said to me, well, yeah, I would, I would expect to not know all the words uh, if I knew. And that's part of the process of, of learning it. And so that, that, was, that was interesting to me. Yeah, and I think that's an example we see in our culture outside of the church even that, uh, well, like you were saying, Aaron, there's, there's examples where people repeat things that are negative. Uh, my mind went to like the book 1984. They all kind of repeat the, the party slogans. Right. Uh, that's a negative connotation but then we also have uh areas in life where we all kind of say the same thing and we we get used to it being good i guess like my my thought is fo football games i grew up going to michigan games and we get oh, yeah. the same cheers after a good play or we sing the fight song we're all saying the same thing because it's something that we all generally agree on and we we become friends over yeah and that's actually a really good uh, common ground point uh, yeah the Pledge of Allegiance is this can yeah. be the same depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I love that. And I love like, and like we talk about all the time. It depends on the person you're talking to. You know what I mean? Like, so I think, again, to some people, that's going to be really attractive. Mm -hmm. But like we were talking about earlier, like some people, they start going to church because their grandma went to church. Mm -hmm. So really their liturgy is connecting them to their grandma, not necessarily Jesus. At first. But, Right. Yeah. But like, Hopefully who cares? That, but... Right. Like who cares why you're starting yeah. your journey? Like yep. we just Holy want to get you work to either way. Yeah. We want to get you to the end point. I don't care. Like go for your grandma. You yeah. know what I mean? That's like if you miss your grandma and you go end up going to church because that's the way you feel closest to her, then do that, you know? And, uh, I don't care if you have a relationship with Jesus yet, he'll get you, you know, that's what he does. <laughs> but, so, so. Go ahead. I think we're probably going to say the same thing. Uh, <laughs> one, one kind of final thought as we wrap up here, one question to, to wrestle with. Uh, as we said, we don't have to, um, the goal is not necessarily to get all of our friends and neighbors in church right away. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly the goal is not to defend our worship practices. We don't need to. Um, but at the same time, you know, we can, like, like, like we said earlier, we can do a lot of good faith sharing and share a lot of good news in our relationships and our conversations but at the same time uh if you do come across someone who says this repetitious repetitiousness is that a word sure. <laughs> it is uh, it's kind of weird to me what about that um would be good to have a, a some sort of response so how do we start to formulate a response to this idea of well what's all this repetitive words about I think part of it is, well, I think it's individual for each of us. We have to figure out why is this meaningful to me? What what am I getting out of this? Yeah, so how would you go about that? And a lot of it is reading through your scriptures and reading through these uh, things that we repeat and really digging into what, what it is you're saying mm -hmm. and deciding, do, do I actually believe this? And does it affect my life in some way? And I think if you can answer those questions, uh, it'll give you some words to say to those people maybe i think that's a great point uh, so what we want to arrive at for each of us is why is this meaningful for me and being able to kind of put that in a way that i could share it with someone and i think you're on the right track there for sure andrew uh, it's probably not something that we can do on sunday sunday morning in worship 
um, you know, while we're, while we're going through the prayer, maybe you have a thought, if you do kind of hold on to it. Um, <laughs> but I like your, your thought, Andrew, of, um, you know, spend some time in your, during your week and your personal devotion, you know, really go slow and think through the words and yeah. what stands out to me, what impacts me, what, what is, what feels like good news to me in that, right? That's the thing. Um, right. What's attractive here? What's valuable here? And it doesn't just have to be like one answer either. Right. There can be like a lot of like, my first thought is that like, I love doing the Lord's prayer because like Jesus literally did the Lord's prayer. So I love doing anything Jesus did. <laughs> That's just like a good mantra. Fair. But then also like, as I'm in church, if I'm having a grumpy day or whatever, saying those words actually like recenter me and refocus me and just like change, like literally change my way of thinking about stuff. You know, if I'm mad at somebody and I say the Lord's prayer and I'm like, forgive those who trespass against me and the ones I did bad too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, so, it, can I pause you there? Aaron? Yeah. Because you actually just, so you just did kind of what we were encouraging, which is you gave in a good way. You gave, <laughs> you gave one of the reasons why these are impactful and meaningful for you. Um, right. And we've done, so yours, just to recap what, what I heard was, this is a thing that can reset me. Um, that can refocus me. I know that feels pretty attractive. <laughs> that, right. that feels like a thing you might say to a, you know, another mom who's also a little harried. Yeah. She might find that attractive. Um, yeah, if your life is being very chaotic, maybe yeah. these solid. So that's, that's one possible response. That's one possible. Uh, why is this meaningful? We've done several others throughout the, the conversation, right? So if you're listening and and one of these resonated with you, you heard one of us say it and that you kind of went, yeah, that makes sense for me too. Um, you can steal these words. <laughs> you can, not you, can, no, um, <laughs> you can have this, uh, but or e either way, right? Whether maybe none of these resonated with you, even if they did, still a valuable exercise to, to take some time and think about what do these things mean to me? And it's a yeah. valuable exercise for us too, because I mean, I was in the church for years before I figured out why am I saying these things, you okay. know, like long time, too long. We've already talked about a really good uh, uh, resource. Resource. That's the word I'm looking forward to, to kind of do that is to go through your catechism and it literally mm -hmm. says, what does this mean? And kind of talks through what, what it is that phrase means uh, to our, from scripture. Yep. Um, so and if you don't have a catechism, you can Google it. It's literally online. Uh, yep. Luther's small catechism or Luther's large catechism. <laughs> or talk to one of your church workers and we'll get you one. Could do that. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, you can you can journal these things. If you're a journaler, you could talk about it with a, a maybe another disciple or a, a small group. Um, all good ways to, to start to think about what does this stuff mean and how would I convey that to a, to a neighbor? a co-worker or even take your bulletin home on sunday and read through it a few times throughout the week mm -hmm. but i think that's a good like larger point that i don't know that we've talked about a whole lot but like the more confident you are in why you do what you do and why you believe what you believe the more easy it is to talk to people who don't correct like that's the more you're uh, able to correct. stand on like what you're doing and why you're doing it and all of those you know I like every minutia of all of those reasons, like it's just so yeah. much easier to express it after. And the reason that I think it works that way is not because you're like better skilled. Right. No. It's because this is true of like, and I, I'm a big, I'm a big tech guy. I'm a big gadget guy. <laughs> um, 
And when I get a new gadget, immediately I want to tell everybody I can about all the features and all the cool stuff and, and why it makes my life better and why it would make your life better and why you need one. He's an evangelist for an, an Apple Watch. Yes, I am. Uh, among <laughs> other things, Apple Pencil is, is great too. Uh, I also need a Tesla now, thanks to Jason. <laughs> yes, I wasn't going to announce that publicly, but sure. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but I would agree with you. Um, but the reason I do that is not because I, I have practiced to, it's because it has made an impact on me. And I sort of naturally want to share. And that's exactly what happens with our faith, right? The more you, as Aaron said, spend time uh, thinking through and, and, and writing down and practicing to say why these things are impactful for you, the more it naturally comes out. Mm -hmm. It's true. So you can be an evangelist for Apple Watch and Jesus. Please do. Yes, if you're going to be an evangelist for Apple Watch or any other thing, please also be an evangelist for it. But I, I think uh, that's a good point, Aaron. Like, that's why I really like um, apologetics, not so that I can beat someone over the head with these facts, but because right. it strengthens my faith to know that there's solid evidence behind what I believe. Yeah, I, I almost never share any apologetic fact that I learn. Uh, but I do keep them for myself to strengthen my own. Right. I actually, and I end up sharing them with other Christians, but yeah, not with other Christians. With not non-Christians. Yeah. That's it's really weird. well said. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think was the whole point of C.S. Lewis. I don't think he was writing it for, I think he was writing it for Christians. Yeah, it was not an outreach book. Right, exactly. I think he was like, I wanted you all to read mere Christianity so that you people <laughs> would know why but you're saying these things it was actually a, a radio show that he was doing for troops during world war ii that to get to give them a something. little different because they more of the world was christian or more of his world was christian at the time right yeah it's a little bit it doesn't quite fit our dichotomy but i'll agree with yeah. you probably right. probably but. cool so to wrap up uh We're about to wrap up but let's be <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> read through your liturgy don't be afraid of it uh if, <laughs> if people ask you about it maybe think through what you would say to them mm -hmm. and why it's uh you find it beneficial if you do good wrap up and wait hold on one more thing that is something that's really important because a lot of non-denominational churches like we talked about don't have the liturgy right and our contemporary worship that is really close to the non-denominationals does have the liturgy in it so it's just not in that they do the same thing over again right so but it i mean it is something that's that sets us apart as in Ours like more of a historical traditional element yeah. than maybe others do which yeah. makes it a little bit more i i don't know like just yeah. something that's different that you can actually like tell people about you know yeah. mm -hmm. well said so all right well pastor would you want to wrap us up in prayer sure Heavenly Father, we thank you for your promise that you come to us uh, as we gather in worship, uh, that even words that might feel rote or um, without thought uh, have value for us and because we find in them your promises and your love. Uh, we ask that you would, um, even as you, you come to us in our devotion and our time with you and inspire us to, to, to know and think through how and why those words are meaningful, Lord, please give us the, the words to share that if we're asked. But we also know, Lord, that we can do a lot of good faith sharing and sharing of good news outside of that context. And so ask also that you would uh, open our eyes and our hearts this week uh, to those uh, among us in our daily life uh, who are ready to hear some of your good news, even if they're not quite ready uh, to be a part of a worship service. 
In Jesus' name we pray that. Amen. 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 All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Bye, yeah. Have a great week. Good evening. Thanks for joining us for the Pack the House show. For more content like this or to connect with us, visit our website, cornerstonelutheran.church.